Welcome to Pilgrimage Stories from Up and Down the Staircase. I'm Matthew Anderson. During this time of limited travel, a lot of us are sticking close to home and missing the long-distance trails we love. Maybe your hiking boots, like mine, are looking pretty forlorn these days. If you, like me, love to walk, there are lots of virtual pilgrimages you can do right where you are. As for me, I've been walking up and down my staircase. While I do, I think about the folks I've met and the paths I've walked. I'd like to share some of those with you. episode of Pilgrimage Stories, we're on an ancient trail in Iceland. We don't often get to talk about failed pilgrimages in this podcast, but the walk I took in Iceland in 2016 arguably qualifies as one. Not failed in the sense of being unable to reach our destination, but at least for me, the pilgrimage was perhaps a failure in more profound ways. To set the scene and to give a bit of backdrop, here's an excerpt from an interview I did just a couple of days before leaving for Iceland with Nantali Nindalgo of CBC Radio 1, Montreal, on the show titled All in a Weekend. That was History of Touches by Bjork. Well, my next guest is no stranger to All in a Weekend. Matthew Anderson has been on the show to talk about the subject he teaches at Concordia University and frequently lives in real life, pilgrimages. We've spoken to him about his pilgrimage in Spain along the Santiago de Compostela Trail. He's also gone on pilgrimage in Scotland and more recently in Norway, the land of his father and his father's family, and we spoke about that last summer. And next week, Matthew is leaving for another northern pilgrimage, this time to Iceland. He'll be walking from the first monastery set up in Iceland to the country's oldest cathedral. Joining me in studio is Concordia Theology professor and frequent pilgrim, Matthew Anderson. Welcome back to All in a Weekend. Oh, it's nice to be here again. Thank you. And I was lucky enough to, uh, to find people who are actually, who are Icelanders, who are running a pilgrimage in Iceland. And uh, they invited me along, and I thought, um, here I go. I had some funding from the university, from the part-time uh, faculty association. And right. I'm very happy to be going. And so what do you do? Do you, like, sort of put a finger on the map and say, <laughs> ah, there, I'm going to Iceland. What specifically about Iceland did you want to find out about? Well, there is a connection to the Norwegian pilgrimage that I did. And right. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people, probably one of the few uh, in the world, who is a non-Scandinavian studying Scandinavian pilgrimages. Oh. Um, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing necessarily, <laughs> but, uh, but it puts me in an interesting position because uh, it, certainly people within those traditions are studying, but I'm one of these uh, North Americans slash you know, non, non-Scandinavian who's looking at these routes. And so did they welcome you with open arms, the folks that are doing Because this one in Iceland is not your actual trip. This is organized by other folks. It is, and I'm just going along as some sort of guest something. I, I'm hoping I'm a guest expert, but I won't be an expert in that pilgrimage, but maybe in, in pilgrimage overall. And they are welcoming us with open arms. They, yeah. 
In fact, they, we have an invitation to dinner uh, this weekend, and I'm just I can't I can't wait to see what what the lay of the land is and who the people are. As you can hear, I wanted to be along on the Icelandic pilgrimage as a walker and as a scholar. I thought maybe I could be helpful in some way, but the truth is, the opposite is what happened. Have you ever had a a dinner party where someone you don't really know gets themselves invited along, and then they have all kinds of special needs and demands, and they bring all their friends? Well, that's sort of the position into which we Canadians put our Icelandic hosts. We are waiting for you. For one thing, it wasn't just me. We turned out to be eight Canadians, almost as many as the Icelanders who started out the pilgrimage. None of us Canadians spoke Icelandic. Amongst the Canadians, there was an issue of being woefully unprepared for the walk, definitely not helpful to organizers who were crossing 120 kilometers on a schedule. And finally, because so many of us were staying on to vacation in Iceland, the Icelandic volunteers had to rent a special trailer just for Canadian luggage. Far from being an original plan of being unobtrusive observers to an Icelandic pilgrimage initiative, that summer we overwhelmed it. Amazingly, our hosts were polite and friendly through it all. Uh, my name is Elinborg, and we are walking from Apava to Skálholt. Um, Skálholt is the old uh, place where the bishops used to live. My apologies for the audio on this interview. We were talking as we walked the volcanic Icelandic terrain through the rain. You can really hear raindrops hitting the mic, and the sound is also muffled by the mic's protective case. That was really the bishop's place, and also uh, the highest education uh, took place there. So it was a school place too, or a university, or what you would call it. And um, how far are we walking today? Uh, I think we are walking maybe about 20 kilometers. About 20 kilometers? Yeah. That voice you hear is Ellenborg Sturludotter. Ellenborg is an Icelandic priest who walked to the Spanish Camino and had the vision of a similar path in her home that could link to Norway's St. Olaf Way and to the Camino. In 2013, Ellenborg was the parish priest of Stafholt in Borgfardjur, Iceland. A little church in her then parish in Bær is perhaps the site of the earliest monastery in Iceland. It was founded around the year 1030 by the same Bishop Rudolf, who had been with King Olav in Norway when he was killed earlier that year. The 11th century Benedictine convent and school at Bær turned out to be the precursor to the ancient cathedral at Skålholt, and there would have been foot traffic between the two. To Ellenborg, these half-forgotten historical remains in her parish seemed a good spot to begin a pilgrimage. Together with another Icelandic priest named Flocky Christensen and with businesswoman and theologian Hulda Gudmundsdottir, they waymarked a 120-kilometer five-day route that they called Pilagrimar between Bear and Skalholt. Breaking your legs. Oh, yes. Yeah. Lekker. Lekker brjotur. Brjotur means breaking. Lekker. 
means Somewhere between Valfjordjö and Thingvetlir, we were drenched in mist, rain, and mud. And since our day ended up being an almost 30-kilometer scramble over what the Icelanders call Leg Breaker Trail, or in Icelandic, I'll try and say it, Legjebrotur, by the time we were done, we were sore and wet and cold in every possible way. And dirty. When my daughter looked at some of the clothes that we'd been wearing, she coined the term pilgrimage gross. Which got me thinking about appearances, pilgrimage, Icelanders, and North Americans. Nowhere that we stayed in Iceland had the kind of full-length or even half-length mirrors so common in North America. There was a kind of self-acceptance and a natural toughness to the Icelanders with whom we walked, an easy gracefulness that seems to come from closer contact with the natural environment. What's more, I noticed that the folks we set out with became more handsome and beautiful as we shared the trials and the trail together. So even though our clothes, and especially our boots, became progressively more pilgrimage gross, a kind of beauty shone through even more through the mud, mist, and cold, and was everywhere present in the people and the land. Our Icelandic hosts may not have realized that there is a special connection between the cathedral at Skullholt in Canada. In 1570, just after the Reformation, a young man named Sigurdur Stefansson, who was teaching at Skullholt, used the then already ancient Icelandic sagas to draw up a map of Viking settlements and discoveries in the Western Atlantic. One of the places that he put on the map was the semi-mythical place referred to in the sagas as Vinland. In the mid-20th century, by matching latitudes on contemporary maps with that Skalholt map, Norwegian archaeologist Anna Stine Moa Ingstad unearthed traces of an 11th century Viking camp on the most northern tip of Newfoundland at Lanso Meadows, all due to the help of the Skalholt map. Well, this morning we're checking back in with a guest we spoke to last week. Matthew Anderson has been on the show a number of times to talk about pilgrimages, the subject he teaches at Concordia University. And right now he's on a pilgrimage in Iceland. He's walking from the first monastery built in Iceland to the country's oldest cathedral. So we spoke to him before he set off on his walk, and we caught up with him a couple of days ago, halfway into his five-day journey. So here's that conversation with Concordia Theology Professor Matthew Anderson. Good afternoon, Matthew. Hi. How are you doing? I, I'm doing fine. My legs are a little bit sore, and I'm really wet. Uh, it's... Uh... <laughs> It's, they announced no rain for today, but they didn't say anything about really low clouds. Low clouds. high. So. Okay, yeah. so you've been on the trail for several days. Where exactly are you right now? Um, sort of uh, central south Iceland. Um, last night we were at a place called uh, Whale, uh, Whale Fjord in English. Klausfjord, uh, I guess, is how you might say it in Icelandic. My Icelandic's not very good, but my daughter's getting... <laughs> Brave reviews from the Icelanders for her pronunciation. <laughs> That's great. Iceland is a magical land. One night, our pilgrim group stayed by a fjord in some old American forces huts left over from World War II. 
You had to be careful where you walked. From our windows that night, in the unending light of midsummer, we could see steam rising from the volcanic thermal vents in the ground. And your name is Jonina? Mm -hmm. What's your family name? Paulsdottir. Paulsdottir. Jonina Paulsdottir. My father's name was Paul. Oh, yeah, so Paulsdottir. <laughs> You, how would you feel about reading that? Okay. Once upon a time, many years ago, there was a priest in Hruni, in the district of Arnesisla, who had a real weakness for partying and merrymaking. When the congregation gathered in the church on Christmas Eve, this priest was in the habit of delaying the service until well into the night. Instead, he would hold the dance in the church with his parishioners, parishioners with lust of boozing, card games and other forms of unseemly entertainment that stretched long into the small hours. The priest had an old mother by the name of Una, who seriously disapproved of her son's behavior and often scolded him, but he paid no heed to her and kept up his shenanigans, shenanigans for years on end. More? Yes, please. <laughs> Tuck. Okay, here we go. What's the first words? One time morning when this life is over, I'm celestial shoulder. The singing you hear is me, Gabriel Morehouse Anderson, and Sarah Parks as we walked toward Fitcher and the guest farm of Hulda Gudmundsdottir, one of our organizers. That night, Hulda treated us to a feast of speckled trout caught that same day right from the lake at her farm. To a place where joy shall never end. You've walked all the way from Bayer? Yeah, I did. How many times have you done this trip? Uh, I think I have done this trip six times all the way from Borgafjörður, but about nine times from Thingpatli to Skálfart. So I try to do this every year. Yeah. I love, love to do it. Because it's beautiful nature and it's also a, a, I get I love to have a, a spiritual experience a, and to pray and to be with my God out in the nature and be with good people. I started this episode talking about how my Iceland pilgrimage may have been a failure. I want to repeat again that if it was, it certainly wasn't the fault of the Icelanders. They welcomed us Canadians warmly. Ásta Camilla Gilva Dóttir. And uh, I, I know you as Milla, is that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and, um, uh, and where, do you, where do you live, Milla? Uh, I live in Reykjavík, the capital of Iceland. Good. And we met in 2016 um, on the Pilagrimar. Yes. Pilagrimar Leif. Pilagrimage. 
so what I wanted to ask you is, uh, firstly, uh, you were telling me how uh, Icelanders are staying home during the pandemic, most Icelanders, and, and, uh, and being tourists in their own country. And so I wanted to know, is there a Pilgrima this year? Do you know? Uh, I, 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 I'm, uh, I'm following uh, uh, Hulda and Eliborg on Facebook. I haven't seen any, uh, like the pilgrimage that we went on. Tell me, Mila, what made you go uh, on the trek from Bayer? No, I'm going to say Bayer to Skalholt. How do you say no. it? How, how do you say uh, it? From Bayer, Bayer to Skalholt. Till Skalholt. No, no. The reason why I uh, went on this pilgrimage is because I love to walk in nature, but I don't like hiking. So I thought, okay, this, uh, I, I was trying to see it for me and I was looking at map, but I thought, okay, we are just going uh, over little mountains uh, or little hills <laughs> on the, so I thought it was not a lot of hiking, but walking in nature. And then I, I, always, I was fascinated also about the, uh, how do you say it, the ideology of the pilgrimage, you know, walking in peace, walking with God. Because I just thought six days in the Icelandic nature at this time, what can go wrong? Now, you, so, you said you thought it would be an easy walk. Was it an easy walk for you? Uh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when we came? Uh, down to Kvalfjörð, where we, when we uh, camped at the uh, whale station, station, then it started to rain, and this, and the fourth day when we went on this, uh, the longest, uh, you know, from Kvalfjörð to Þingvellir, it was the longest part of the, it was horrible, it was so rainy, and you were so wet, and then you came to Þingvellir, and you have to uh, sleep in a tent. Along with the organizers, Milla was the Icelander who spent probably the most time with us Canadians as we walked. She'd show us some of the unique Icelandic plants and explain the geological formations. But it was Floki who told us the joke. What do you do if you're ever lost in a forest in Iceland? When we Canadians shrugged, he answered, you stand up, and then laughed uproariously. Later, we found out that Floki takes part in a reforestation project that plants thousands of trees annually. But the fog, and we always saw the next stone marker. And then suddenly we couldn't see the next stone uh, marker. I remember that. Yeah, and it was really, you know, and I remember because uh, Elinborg and Hulda, they went uh, on uh, before us trying to see if they could see anything, but they, and we always heard them where they were, and, but they came back and, and they, they couldn't see anything. And, and then Harald, he, uh, he said to me, okay, it most certainly is this way, and he pointed in the right di di direction. And I said, because he said, we, we must follow the ri river. 
because there's a river and we follow that. And I said, okay, please tell them. And he said, no, 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 I, I, they, they are in charge. They, they have to figure it out. And I said, okay, okay. And then suddenly, like out of nowhere, and I think that is, you know, it was so, it, it, it's an experience that I will never, ever forget. Then suddenly, the stone marker that we, was, we were looking for, it suddenly it just opened up on the sky, and it was like, you know, a finger, you know, came down and it said, okay, here it is. And just opened, just this stone marker, it just opened the sky for maybe 10 seconds and closed again. And it, it was in the right direction that Harald told us to go. And we just, ah, and then we just walked. And then it was no, no, no problem after that. But no. it was so remarkable because it was just, watch me. Hello, here, here I am. Follow this. It was, ah, I, 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 I just get chill bumps to think about it. I guess in the end, it comes down to an ancient dilemma about pilgrimage, which is this. A pilgrim is half a tourist, but one hopes not more than that. There's no hard and fast distinction between tourism and pilgrimage. In European tradition, at least, pilgrimage held the touristic impulse within it until religion was stripped away by the Enlightenment historically and tourism emerged on its own. But there might still be some differences of emphasis, at least. We Canadians were a burden, no doubt about it. In theory, at least, a pilgrim is supposed to have a humble attitude to their journey. Many pilgrims have been mendicants who, who begged for food and lodging as they went. As soon as you expect certain things, certain foods, certain transport, even certain feelings of community from others, you're losing the ethos, the character, if not the name, of pilgrim. Well, talking about Icelanders that you've met, Half of your walking group are Icelanders, and then the other other half are Canadians. So you didn't really know each other before you set off. How has the group been gelling? Oh, it's actually been really, really good. Um, I have, I mean, it's the Icelanders who have been very, very patient with us uh, and uh, speak English. Not all of the Icelanders in our group uh, understand English. Okay. But we've been trying to make ourselves known, and we've certainly learned uh, certain words. Uh, although I keep forgetting them. Um, the Icelandic language is a lovely language. Um, you have to use kind of a lot of PHs, almost as if you're speaking with a, a lisp or something, and then rolling your R's a lot. And uh, and it's a it's a beautiful language, and it is in fact Old Norse. Uh, one of the interesting things about Icelandic is that it, it's the language, the living language, that most closely resembles what the Vikings spoke. Oh, okay. Um, it sort of has Tell me something honestly, because I, I've been thinking about this, um, this pilgrimage and this podcast that I was going to say that um, in one sense, it was a failure for, for us as Canadians, because we came in and we made life really miserable for the, for the Icelanders as a group of Canadians. No, 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 no. I, I didn't experience that. No? No. Uh, okay, because we came in with all of this luggage, and then people had to try and speak English, and it was, it, I wondered if we were kind of more tourists than pilgrims. No, no, I, I don't think so. When we uh, came to Skalholt, 
and we had this mass and then we uh, had a, a gathering in the little old chapel that uh, was beside the uh, big church the speech that Pete, Pete gave us where he was thanking us for the journey and and uh, where, where we experienced how how grateful he was to be with us and do this and finish this with us that really sat mark also then i realized how much uh, a victory this was for everybody you're surprising me a little bit because i really had felt a little bit like we we canadians kind of overwhelmed the uh, poor icelandic icelanders who were trying to have a good spiritual pilgrimage so, you know, you just made it better. That's my opinion. a fascination either for Iceland or for its history. For one thing, there's increasing evidence that the first Norse were not the first to settle in Iceland. When they arrived, the Vikings probably found insular Irish Christian monks already there. In some ways, as geographically widespread as it was, the Viking world was small in terms of its networks. The cathedral at Skalholt, the oldest school in the country, was established in the year 1056 as part of the archdiocese at Nidaros, or Trondheim, Norway, the shrine of St. Olaf. So, there is a connection historically between the St. Olaf way that I had walked in Norway and the Pilgrimar in Iceland. For that reason, I highly recommend walking the St. Olaf way in Norway before traveling to Iceland for any pilgrimage walking. Iceland boasts so many stunningly beautiful and unique landscapes that I'm glad I spent some time on the land. But I was hardly alone. Perhaps you've been there too and enjoyed the natural hot springs, the pools, the geysers, the, the stunning Gullfoss waterfall, the largest in Europe, or the Golden Circle. Or perhaps you've toured the West Islands or Akuari in the north. Tourism has been both a blessing and a curse to the country. Before the pandemic, Iceland was beginning to swell to over 2 million tourists a year, almost seven times its actual population of about 370,000 people. If you'd like to know more about this unique Icelandic pilgrimage, check out my website, www.somethinggrand.ca. Look under the heading Film and Radio Projects on the website. There you'll see our band of walkers in all of our rain-soaked glory on that pilgrimage. There's a 12-minute video of our trek to Skalholt, as well as documentaries on the St. Olaf Way, on Finland, and on much more. If you're interested in the archaeological history of Iceland, and more academically minded, you can find some great articles available through the Norwegian Archaeological Review. Thanks for music, readings, and voices to... James Anderson Sarah Parks Gabe Morehouse Anderson Austa Camilla Gilva Dottir Thanks especially on behalf of our Canadian group, to the organizers of our 2016 pilgrimage, Reverend Ellenborg Strüller-Dotter, Reverend Floki Christensen, and Hulda Gudmundsdotter, who, as you heard, did her best to try and teach me Icelandic pronunciation on more than one occasion. Given what happened when I invited myself along on the Bayer to Skalholt trek, I'll try to travel more lightly next if I'm ever lucky enough to go back to Iceland. If you get a chance to visit... Try to get out of Reykjavik and into the country as much as possible. 
you will not regret it. Go see the cathedral at Skullholt, and even though the cathedral is quite new, it's beautiful, but especially go looking for that reconstructed sod chapel out behind where we got our pilgrim certif certificates for a taste of what medieval pilgrims may have experienced when they arrived. I'm Matthew Anderson, the Staircase Pilgrim, and I look forward to seeing your next episode of Pilgrimage Stories from Up and Down the Staircase. See you next time. I, I, I think that uh, Hulda and Floki and Elinborg, they were uh, fantastic. Do you remember, yeah, we talked about uh, leg, leg Breaking Trail, and no. we talked about Valfjordjör, the, uh, the, no. whale, the whale no. place. Kvalfjordjör, the fjord of the whales. Ah. Kval is a whale, yeah. and fjordjör is a fjord. Yeah. Yeah, so Kvalfjörður is. Kvalfjörður. And uh, <clears throat> do you remember swimming in the North Atlantic? Yes, oh, it was beautiful. So what would you say is the difference between pilgrim and tourist or traveler? Yeah, well, it's a, it's a, it's a moving line. I think really do think it's a moving line. Yeah.